Okay. So the Daphne, I vaguely knew going into this, which is how I sort of got suspicious between her and Fred uh, as to... Who they are. Yeah, I, I, had, I had to Google Velma and I had to refresh on Daphne, but I, I, I get it. Yeah. Okay, Um. so Daphne here is Patty. By which Patty the, Cake? No, Patty, Patty Hurst. Oh. An American author and actress who was kidnapped by the Symbionese Liberation Army. Oh. She wasn't seen again... For 19 months until she appeared on security footage with a big old gun helping them rob a bank completely brainwashed and indoctrinated into the... Yay! Into the, Cult mentality! Woo! Get it. Um, we've got Fred, who is Ted. Bundy. Um, pretty straightforward, but very fitting <laughs> to Fred as a character, especially the sociopathic way he is leading Patty around. Yeah. She's like, you said we would go to see my parents. And he's like, well, this is on the way. It's like, we've been going to my parents for 30 years. He's like, do you want to go back in your box? Mm. Yeah. Um, you've got Sonny and Groovy, who are our Shaggy and Scooby standards, based on Son of Sam. Because he is Sonny. Mm. Um, yeah, it's based on the craziness of David Berkowitz, who was told by his neighbor's dog to kill women with long brown hair. Yay, I'm mm. blonde. <laughs> Sonny might not act like David Berkowitz, but the dog certainly ranted a lot about women's hair in this episode. It did, didn't it? I loved, I loved all these weird, all these stupid deep cut reference things. It's great. Um, so they randomly come across the Venture Compound. As you do. And because they're all insane and driving around the country together, they just come across random shit on their travels, I assume. So they're like, we're going to go investigate this place. Yay! Uh, Somebody's house. Yeah. Well, inside, they mistake Orpheus for a Dracula. They try to solve the mystery of the Venture Stein. And then Ghosts. Uh, we see a flashback of Groovy and Sonny killing the Venture Boys a few years ago and seeing them again now. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which feeds into the all the clone stuff. Um, so they carry around... Like, they, they have dumb old sound effects, like old Scooby-Doo cartoons have. Bang, pow. Yep. Um, that's a nice touch and really weird, especially because of how, like, creepy these characters are. Yeah, but, it, you know, I think that kind of lessens the creepazoid of it. So that makes it goofier. Um, they end up in the cloning room for the climax of the episode, which ends up being Big Cannon later. Yeah. Um, Brock kills the men. Um, he shoots... Uh, Sonny and just headbutts Fred so hard that he dies. Yeah. <laughs> um, Venture Stein strangles the dog in this cartoon. What? It just, it <laughs> that could just... vaguely be mistaken for a children's TV show. He picks him up by the collar. By the throat. Or violently. <laughs> and the dog yelps. Violently. Yeah, and then a bit later you see the dog's dead. Um, the two women seem to escape and haven't appeared since, which I like. Because I like these characters, so they are probably still elusive in the Venture Compact. <laughs> Starved to death in the woods out back or something, I don't know. Well, that'll then, you know, actually manage to escape. Where would they go? One wants to kill all men and the other one's, like, insane. Yeah. Um, 
Yep, so the boys are talked out of thinking they are clones and go to bed at the end. All is well, I think. They don't actually find out about them being clones until much later. Yeah. Because they're just sort of, like, talked out of it. They're like, these were... We were going to clone you so you would have people think you're cool and you would have a bunch of friends, but you've ruined the surprise. Yeah. And they're like, okay. I do like that that's just, like, you know... Good enough for them. Yeah. Yeah. It really shows you, like, how stupid the boys are, but how, like... Clearly they've been told these lies before that have panned out. Yeah. And so it just, you know, that's why they don't need to question it any further. Hmm. Mostly stupidity, but, you know, hey. Yeah, the episode's full of weird shit and chaos and references. Like, Jonestown is a word in this episode, and I'm very happy here. Yes. You pointed it out multiple times when it happened. That's great. Um, And that leaves us with two more episodes. Yeah, big fat juicy ones too. They are. Mm, Showdown at Cremation Creek. Uh, the first two-parter to have a part one on it. Yeah. As you recall from last week. Um, this episode kicks off by revealing that the monarch and Dr. Girlfriend have been having hotel rendezvous for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, despite his bullshit, she still does love him. Um, how could you not see that tall, skinny... Pale man with bad posture walking into the room in the hotel room. With zebra nothing bu- but no, zebra. His zebra budget smugglers, his monarch boots, and his cow still on. Yay. His cow reminds me of the fucking Baby, evil witch from Snow White. Yeah, she loves him, sure, but this is no way to live, so he proposes. I like that she had a prepared list of demands if he ever did. I'm more confused about where it was hidden. Yep, she is nude. Yeah. Part one. No more ditchy no places because he needs his space. Mm-hmm. Part two. No longer a number two. She has to be a partner. She can't yeah. just be like a right-hand man sort of thing. And number three is no more venture obsession. Yeah. you got to give up the venture bros. Yeah. And he does choose her over the venture family here. He does. Mm-hmm. But quickly things get hairy from here on out. After his bachelor party with the henchmen... A group of them go out on the town. Yeah, they go uh, and get tattoos. I love that scene. Yeah, 21 gets a butterfly tramp stamp. Uh, which is so dumb, but it's very fitting too. Look, you know? particularly after all they went through. Yeah. Um, while in the tattoo parlor, they run into Brock. Um, and similar to my mother's drunken abilities at the pool table, mm. they manage to uh, capture him with only a few fatalities. Well... And, and that one guy that gets tattooed scrigglies all over yeah, his face. Yeah, he gets attacked with a tattoo pen. Um, they figure he would be a good wedding gift for the monarch. And while, you know, they've already got him, so the doc and the boys should be easy pickings. So they kidnap them as well. I do like that they're like, look, we'll just go after Brock. And then as soon as they catch him, they're like, Well, no one's protecting we the kids Brock. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can see, like, the cogs really turning in their head. So clearly they're not, like... Cognitive? They're very drunk. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, so the following morning, the monarch is... He's going to get Dr. Fiance's stuff, which is her name for a very brief period. Because um, her shit's still at Phantom Limb's house. Yeah. While their limb threatens revenge while killing the prison bodies from the start of this season. Yeah. And Tiny Attorney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
we can come back to that in like three more seasons, Kyra. If you want. All right, I thought you would. Um, that's when Monarch returns to the cocoon and finds the ventures in his cells. The main two henchmen explain all the shit I just said as Dr. Fiance comes down getting mad. Yeah. Because he's clearly kidnapped them again. And he's like, nah, man, they're our wedding guests. <laughs> Why are they in a holding cell? Because he wanted to go in the cell. I, I do like that she doesn't question that either. Because they are dumb. I know, it's such a believable story of... He walked in and he was like, is this a real prison cell? And I was like, yes, it's a real prison cell. And he was like, can I see inside a real prison cell? And so I put them inside the real prison cell. Yeah, um, Doc Venture's going to be his best man. Yeah. Yep. Although, at this point, he remembers Dr. Fiance from the season one episode where he gets turned into a caterpillar. Remember when she's Charlene? Yeah, at the bar. Mm-hmm. When she's wearing that Asian outfit but still has her voice. Yeah. Her voice, it's everybody. It's a very distinctive voice. Oh, yeah, it is. Even though it's the voice of, like, maybe 40% of the characters in this fucking show. Um, it's slightly different to some of them. It's the same voice actor. It is. Yeah. So we see Phantom Limb get his motion to move on the Monarch Denied by Sovereign. Yeah. Who you've already mentioned is the weird creepy head. Um, he goes through with it anyway, but he did try to do it semi-peacefully. I'll point out. He attempted. Yeah. Um, while all that's going on, you've got the boys being babysat by 21 and 24. Mm-hmm. There's some cute moments there. Like, they don't like the boys very much. No. No. He's like, you're gay, you uh, bossed around by a, a weird tall skinny guy and you wear a stupid costume and 21 looks at him. It's like, you're bossed around by your father and you dress like a Scooby-Doo character. What <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's some good moments there. You've got Brock debating with Monarch about the true gender of Dr. Fiance. Which is rude. I mean, I can see his points. <laughs> But it's rude. Yeah. I like that he's, like, the one person who's never attracted to her in the entire series. <laughs> Not once. No. Um, Which is kind of strange, though, at the same time. Because, like, he's attracted to women that are highly competent. Yeah. And she is. She proves it time and time again. He's still pretty sh- sure she's a man. Yeah. Um... There's so much packed into this one, so it's it's hard to describe. Like, I'm all this shit's going on. We've also got the Order of the Triad having a crisis of faith throughout the background of this. Yeah, Alchemist doesn't want to follow around just one villain, and Twilight really isn't into it either. It's like what you said; they don't work as a team. No, and they're agreeing with you in this, especially if they're just chasing around a dude who looks like Dead Man. Dead Man's cute. I don't know. Um. And for some reason, they summon Nine Num from Star Wars, yeah, which is, which is great. Mm. It's a weird little bit. At least he knows how to drive a plane. Yeah, he's a pilot. Um, all right, so the wedding itself. Um, it you got plenty of small time villains getting screen time here, much like the tryouts. It's good. Um, I like that Killinger returns to officiate their wedding. It is a very cute, you know. That's exactly his character, though, isn't it? Um, we see Trucules again. Yep. Um, it's mentioned in the compendium book that if you open the doors on his truck body, his organs and stuff will just be like yeah. hanging around in there. But it's never happened on screen yet. 
Again, they're fleshing out weird background characters and saving them for moments. Well, I mean, there is something that you wonder about. Well, these lungs are like fluffy dice hanging from the mirror, apparently. Nice. <laughs> I'm glad that we know this information. Yep. Uh, we properly meet Sergeant Hatred here, too, and his wife, Princess Tinyfeet. Mm. A bit of trivia here as why he's such a weird character. So, Hatred is based on a big dude with a flat-top haircut that was shamelessly watching softcore porn on his laptop in a Starbucks while Hammer and Public were in there. They walked past a dude who looked exactly like that just watching softcore porn on his laptop and they started doing, like, on their way back to Astrobase, which is their little studio, they were doing, like, impressions of him and picking on the guy. That, it, that makes sense. Yep, and they, yeah, they've just got him muttering to, to himself and being a weird sexual deviant. It's like, oh, look at those feet and all that shit. And that's that's exactly what the character is. Look. Do you reckon the dude knows that that character is him? No. <laughs> I no reckon he would be sad. But that makes a lot of sense. It, it, <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah, it mm-hmm. does. Mm. Um, another character who gets some time here, mm-hmm. is David Bowie. He gets a lot of time here. Um, who did not get back to Astro Base in time to cameo the episode, or at all. So technically they were not rejected. Technically. Yep. Um, him and his sidekicks, who are Klaus Nomi and Iggy Pop, who are both musicians who have worked with David Bowie before. Yep. Uh-huh. They're like the big-time serious villains in this universe. Um, but Bowie's going to walk Dr. Girlfriend or Dr. Fiance down the aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get more onto those in a little bit. For now, we almost get to the I do part. When Phantom... I think we get pretty close. Yeah. That's when Phantom Limb and the Guild of Calamitous Attack Choppers descend on the cocoon. Um, the first part of the cliffhanger, the, like the in-between between the two episodes there, is him demanding they hand over Dr. Fiance. Or the cocoon will come down with everyone inside it. Yep. And that's how the first episode ends. Do you like this episode? Um, yes. It still has enough funny moments, which is surprising because of the amount of shit they have to pack into it. Yeah. And it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel messy like the White House episode. Yeah. It's cohesive. Yeah. This is the word I'm looking for. And that's the thing because we are seeing an episode one and an episode two... You're kind of like, it's okay if there's stuff that's open, because it'll get answered, or we assume it will be answered next episode. Yeah. Um, so, my first note for part two, the previously, like the previously on Venture Bros, is literally the first episode fast-forwarded into an 11-second bracket. Yay. <laughs> it's so worthless, it's great. It's terrible, but it's, it's fun. It is fun. Um, we see most of the guests immediately escape after Phantom Limb threatens them on the big classic big villain on big screen that he does. Yeah. Um, which leaves the Monarch group and the Venture group against Phantom Limb and a bunch of the Guild of Clemenus Intent. Um, this episode is such a big event, it's hard to go through it all properly in the same way the episode does. There's a lot of, like, cutting and stuff's happening, but what's happening is Brock it becomes a commander of the henchmen. Yeah. I like, I like when he's got, like, their little mask, well, like, half on and the wings. Otherwise they won't, no, they won't, you know, accept him as leader. I guess this is very fun. Because he does try a couple of times to, like, 
take over control. And they're like, no, no, that's not that's not what they like. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah. they they all go out and you know have aerial warfare with the attack fighter helicopters. Um, one of them is Hank in an old furry henchman outfit, like the fuzzy ones. Yeah. I love that this show took the time to have shitty, outdated character costumes, like bad Golden Age, Silver Age outfits. Yeah. It just adds that stupid layer of depth that I don't think other creators would have thought of to do. I think, like, oh, without, I guess without saying it, it gives you a thing of, the like, Incredibles this has been kind of going on it. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's also But not to this extent. But the difference is the costumes in Incredibles is part of the origin. Yeah. Where this has no reason for them to have other stuff. It's just a detail that they did. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, comic book examples of really bad... Or Nightwing. They're doing Nightwing's early costume. Ugh. The hair. The hair alone. No, the mullet survived that shitty Alvis Evil Knievel jumpsuit he used to this wear. This is true. He's, it took him a while, all right? Ugh. Yep. Um, Such an attractive man. Ugh. So while Hank's doing that, Dean is being the worst part of the episode by fucking far, by hallucinating for no reason, and it's pretty much just the never-ending story. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It sucks. There's no point why, like, he goes into the engine room and then just all of a sudden is tripping balls. Yeah, it's, it's, it's him, like, mentally breaking over the shit that's happening, but he's also not around for most of the shit happening. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Normally, I like Dean, but this this episode, I'm like, yeah, go for him, let him do his thing, I'll ignore it and watch the other stuff. Probably because I haven't ever seen The NeverEnding Story, I'm not going to get the references. Um, what I do like in this part is Dean lashing out towards the end of it about the super science adventure lifestyle, which definitely blossoms as the character develops. Oh, yeah. When he's, like, beating up this, the children's slave machine, he's like, all you kids can run free and have your own bedroom and not be threatened by mummies or werewolves or have to deal with Loch Ness monsters or deal with all this bullshit I deal with day in, day fucking out. Like, it's it's very clearly that. Yeah. Which definitely carries on. So that part's worth it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, we also got that weird mistake. That we noticed rewatching it, where the princess version of Triana is at the wedding for just a second, like two frames. You only really see her head. Yeah, but I know the head and the petal crown. Like I, we know what it is. Yeah, we. It's yeah, fine, but we know what it is. It's a problem. Yeah. Um. It's revealed that David Bowie's sidekicks are part of the mutiny that's working with Phantom Limb. Mm-hmm. And apparently, the guild is part of the mutiny, like the whole fucking thing. Um, they take out Bowie, and, yep. you know, Phantom Limb is now sovereign. Um, Kai, what do you think about that? It's, it's a temporary thing, but... Look, it makes sense that he's such a bad guy that... And, he's and mon- such an egotistical dick. And he's very manipulative, That if someone was like, too. no, he'd be like, cool. Watch me. Fuck you. Yeah. So... That's what I was saying when we covered season one, is that this guy's so manipulative and dangerous mm. for a character that started off as a joke name, because the Phantom Limb sounds cool, and he's just like a torso with a head. Yeah. That's all he wants at first. Yeah. And they're like, let's make that one the biggest threat this show will see for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you've got Limb on his airship with Dr. Fiance and... 
those two dudes, whatever their names are, Iggy Pop and a weird little German singer who looks funny. It, it was in my notes, but now I can't find it. It's fine. Oh, Klaus Nomi. Google him. He actually looks exactly like he does in the show. He's fucking the big stupid outfit on. Hmm. Weird guy. Um, yep. Yeah, so another beat I like that is that Iggy Pop has to smoke outside on their fucking airship. So he has yeah. to like stand on the roof. It's such a dumb detail to leave him atop the ship just to have a smoke. And it's revealed there that David Bowie is a shapeshifter yeah. and was hiding in this as the cigarette. Which might have... At this point, I can say I have a bit of a theory. I think the sovereign head is maybe his true form. Because mm-hmm. it's implied later on that he was never David Bowie either. Yeah. And we see him become an eagle. We see him become a cigarette. Weird. Which is how he escaped the... Wedding. Explosion. Yeah. Um, they have a fight a bit, you know. Um, well, you've got these three subplots. You've got Triad coming to the rescue as well. You've got Monarch and himself and Dr. Venture still in the cocoon. Yeah. And they're like, oh, there's something wrong in the engine room. And the engine's like, I'm not going down there. It's spooky. And he's like, you pay these assholes. And Monarch's like, let's just go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, unsure of what to do in the situation, they decide to head to the escape cocoon and just get out. Uh, their little escape pod smashes into Phantom Limb's ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing breaks down and we're just, like, left in dust clouds. Pretty much everyone survives, though. Yeah. They do leave a little bit of, um... There's a little tension to it. Yeah. Especially in a show that doesn't seem to give a shit and will kill characters. Well, and it's, like... Because you end up with only a leg being left over? And an arm as well. But we mm. don't know that till later. Um, one of the survivors includes David Bowie, who is now very much after Phantom Limb, who has in fact escaped, leaving behind a limb or two. And that's like your big ending. And it's pretty satisfying to, yeah. to go through all these like all stuff. Like I said, it's very well built of an episode. It's very satisfying. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we've got... The after credit sequence. So get ready to fizzle this bad boy out. Mm. Alright. Uh, we see the escape cocoon floating on the sea. And Monarch and Doctor misses the Monarch now. Uh, inside after some lovemaking. Uh, mm-hmm. She sort of, they start to get serious. And she says, Monarch, I'm. And that's it. Yeah. The episode ends. Um, when it was written into the episode, they hadn't decided what she was. But they had two years until next season, Ed, to think of something. Yeah, but this is fine. We got here time. Uh, sh- instead of her being pregnant, what happened was she applied for dual arch status with the guild. Yeah. Uh, Which was part of her rules in the beginning. Yeah. That she, she couldn't be just psychic. I know, I know, but they could have done that unofficially, but her really implementing them as as members of the guild... Yeah. Drags Monarch deeper into the calamitous intent, mm-hmm. which he's mostly been able to avoid up until this point. And then we see him dealing with that political shit more as the show progresses. Yeah, so it's kind of worth it. Yeah. They, did, they didn't want they didn't want to make her pregnant because it would either be uncharacteristic for her to be a neglectful parent. Yeah, but for her to characteristically be a good parent, we'd never use her again. <laughs> so they were like, let's just not worry about it. Yeah. And, you know, there was that whole mystery of, like, whether it would have been Phantom Limbs or Monarchs and all that stuff. But they were like, ah, fuck it. It, it. it would ruin the character, I think. So they are right in that. 
Um, but for now, Kyle, what do you think of season two? Um, look, like we've said throughout, it's kind of a. It's got ups and downs. It. The good episodes are really good. The bad episodes are okay. Yeah. But you need to watch it to keep going. Mm. Because... It's worth the investment. It doesn't... You don't realise that it's setting things up. And I don't think it realises that it's setting things up. But Until at does. later dates, you're like, hang on a second. Mm. I've seen this before. Like... Yeah. So it's... It's a good season, but it's a better season to come back to. Yeah, when you see all the pieces yeah. coming into place. I agree with that. It's this, okay, do you want the best analogy for this episode? Yeah. This is when you've dumped all the puzzle pieces out on the table and turned them over. You can see the picture, but it's not. Oh, picture. I was going to say, you've done all the outline bits now and you just got to fill in the rest of it. No, I think that's season three. Ooh, okay. Because season three is a little bit the same too. Mm. Everything from that point on though, I'm See, season, so into. Season one is that excitement of ripping open the packaging and just dumping it on the table. Okay. Season two is flipping it all over. Okay. And season you know, you might, you might have just... a couple of episodes where you're like, I can see that these pieces already go together and over here I got this little puddle. Mm-hmm. Season three is you build the outline. And then it's just putting putting the edges together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a weird analogy, but you are kind of right, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you ready to jump into homework? Do you have a favourite character this season? We get introduced to Killinger here, so he is such a fucking high point for me. I love him so much. Mm, no, He's such I'm a goofy, dopey thing. All right. Okay. You like Dr. Fiance? Mm. Feel free to enjoy it because it's only like a 10 minute joke before she transitions into the monarch. She's probably the one with the most names in any show ever. Oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Alright. Um, so, our homework today was best uh, wedding in a TV show or a movie because this kind of has a wedding in it. Mm. That's the big. Big finale is the wedding. Um, do you have a favourite wedding? Look, this question is too wide. I didn't think it was that wide. I thought it was too vague. Best wedding in any movie or TV show. Well, it was like animated. Best two-dimensional wedding. It's still very <laughs> wide. What's, what's your answer? So this was a tricky one for me, as I don't care about weddings. And the ones I remember aren't good. Because I remember Jade and Jesse from Bride of Chucky. And I remember the one that the helicopter lands on in Fantastic Four and the Rise of Silver Surfer. But today's pick, um, because the one in the last Futurama episode is too melancholy for me, frankly, and The Corpse Bride is a fucking musical, I'm going with one that barely counts, when Bruce Wayne married a plant in Batman the Animated Series. Oh, God. In an episode called Chemistry... Poison Ivy makes a collection of plant-based people to marry rich Gotham civilians and then kill them. And Ivy would get all their stuff and become an heir to many a fortune. Mm. It's one of my favourite episodes. It's right towards the end of the show's run. 
which I feel like I know a lot of people don't like the redesign, but some of my favorite episodes come from there. Mad Love, Beware the Creeper. Um, you've got Judgment when it's revealed there's a third personality in Two Face and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I like that episode. So I choose that as a wedding because that's probably the wedding I've watched the most. Yeah. Okay. I and mean. I, yeah. Okay. I think you'll be fine with it too because you also get Barbara and Dick dancing together in their fancy wedding attire. Yes. And she's and she thinks he'll hang up the cow for good and retire and be married to a cactus. Whereas Dick's like, I give it like a few months before he's back in the fucking cave doing stuff. Yeah. But we get to see those two hanging out. I know you like that. I do. Yeah, that was my pick. I'm sorry it's not a good <laughs> It's, you know, giving me a lot of hope for moons to come. Um, mm. I don't know. It's hard. Because I'm a girl. Who likes weddings? Oh, so you're having trouble picking one, huh? Look, I grew up on Disney movies. That's why I think you'd be Disney good at this. There's a shitload of them. Lots of weddings to choose from. Yeah, but see, okay. I appreciate that they're still frogs during the Princess and the Frog wedding. That's kind of fun because frogs are great. Good animals. Until they kiss. Yeah, well, that kind of, at that, that point, it's wrong. <laughs> I don't know because, like, Okay, in most Disney films, the wedding is, like, the wrap-up end. Yeah, it's usually the It's finale. not actually, like, a wedding. Either you get a wedding or they just skip past it, like, at the end of Atlantis when Keter and uh, Margaret Jack Fox are already married. Mm. It went... Mm. Mm. You got this, man. Look, for the sake of actually answering the question, hmm? I'm not going to go animated. Okay. I am going to go Ella Enchanted. Oh, that movie exists. Sure, I remember that. It does. There is a wedding scene in it in which it's a huge party with everyone that's involved. So you've got lots of callbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, you know, surprise in it because she, you know, rips the dress off. Yeah. Um... We see what happens to characters, i.e. the evil dude being, like, completely taken out because he's just, like, a dumb wheelchair-bound, like, thing because he put the poison crown on. Yeah. Okay. That's, 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 my, okay. that's my answer. Okay, crap. That or Cinderella. Okay, then. However, that's not really a wedding. There's no celebration. <laughs> and I'm not saying Shrek. Is there a wedding in Cinderella just... story? No. Right. Well, so I know that's something you watched recently. Sorry, yeah, I finished it last night. There you go. Alright. We done? I think we are done. We out. Yep, we have done another season of the most dense, complicated series I've ever fucking watched. I apologize right. for the crow in the background. He's, he's waiting for us to be finished too. Right. All right, then. I've been Terra Polar. Uh, I am here. Yep. Feel free to rate, review, subscribe, do all the good things. Have a good time. Class is dismissed. Stay safe. Yeah. And if you don't stay safe, stay dead. Or just do something exciting enough to tell your friends. <laughs>